Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Tink Chat. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the state of the 3D printing industry in 2021. I know only roughly two and a half, well, three months, two, and, two months has passed, but a lot of things have happened during these two months. And um, we're here to cover it up. I mean, not cover it up, cover with you on what's happened. <laughs> yeah, so some really interesting um, topics, uh, I would say, moments in the 3d mm -hmm. printing industry is actually happening right now we'll cover it as, as we go there's a big interest in 3d printing again i mean the interest is emerging i mean we saw well, the capital markets also yeah. uh you know show interest in all mm -hmm. the 3d printing companies around the world i mean just look at um i mean you probably don't know this person but there's a there's a person by the name of kathy woods that literally built a uh, ETF that just tracks all the 3D printing stuff that's happening. Wow. Like, and it's growing mm -hmm. uh, at pretty insane rates right now. So capital mm -hmm. markets are looking at the industry. I mean, is this a scenario where 3D printing through COVID helped expose it a little bit more? Um, or is it one of those moments where the industry is now kind of coming out of a bit of uh, coming out of a bit of a winter and going into a transition from ex talking about technology to talking about application. I mean, I covered a little bit of yeah. in my in my history episode, yeah. yesterday, right? I think COVID actually did kind of bring the spotlight onto three D printing, especially mm -hmm. with all the all the supply shortages and everything. It just three D printing just shined. And now I, I guess maybe that's why it jumpstart the industry all over again. Perhaps it's a different conversation, right? But I think you. Yeah. Know, I think you're right that it, it probably jumpstarted it to a certain degree. Um, but yeah, but the conversation is a little different this time, though. It's, it's yeah. interesting, and and you know, let us jump right into it. I mean, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to go first. Okay. Sure. Right? Go ahead. So, um, late 2020, beginning of 2021, we saw. Uh, what we tend to agree as the we're calling it the desktop metal segment uh -huh. uh, that has come about from really two main companies desktop metal yeah. and another company by the name of mark forge both introduced a um, 3d printing technology that is based off of metal, metal. injection molding yeah. um, uh, tech from the old days where you take a metal based material you put it with a wax um, plastic composite and you put it into a bit of a rod type system it's mm -hmm. a it's kind of like filament but it's in short rods it's like this yeah. one right and once you print your part you put it through a debonding process and then a sintering process okay those systems are now being introduced into larger institutional places mm -hmm. it allows it's probably the one metal based technology that allows for the lowest cost entry into metal based printing it's kind of like FDM yeah, pretty much the technology that we build these mm -hmm. machines back there, but with metal. Yeah. Um, and both companies actually are going public. Going public. Yeah. Um, actually, one of them is already public. Mm -hmm. uh, Desktop Metal is a, a public company. They went and did a reverse uh, merger transaction yeah. in the U.S. And then uh, Mark Forge just recently, uh, yeah. I think it was last month. Is that correct? Or maybe, yeah, February sometime. Some, something like that. They, they, well, both of them either acquired or merged with someone. Yeah. Um, and so the desktop segment, I think it's going to grow. 
Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that it will grow. Well, uh, it if just you makes sense. if you think about it, desk oh well, not desktop but metal 3D printing has always been more of a, a more industrial uh, industrialized um, technology. You only see bigger companies, manufacturing companies like car companies or like um, aerospace companies that are that are using this technology and. It's been already so many years, so it, I, I think it is time for it to actually trickle down to to the smaller businesses or yeah. medium-sized smaller businesses or even even consumers. I, I I think it's I think it's actually cost point. Mm -hmm. um, see, up until this point, most of the metal-based technologies has been built around laser sintering, yeah, binder jet, yeah, and then um, something that requires like a large industrial yeah furnace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. These two technologies are the only ones that so far yeah. has proven to be more consumer ready, business ready, miniaturized, uh, and less messy. Yeah. You know, see, the thing with FDM based technologies or filament extrusion based technologies is that you don't have to deal with powder, you don't have to deal with resin, mm -hmm. you don't have to deal with post processing, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, prints come off and you can handle them right away. Uh -huh. The difference with these ones is that. You can kind of handle them. They're in a bit of a green state, so they're mm -hmm. not quite fully formed. Yeah. And then you bake them. You literally bake them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm simplifying this. Um, and yeah, you wait for it, and it comes out the part shape. Um, but actually, it's metal. Mm -hmm. So we're not dealing with composites. We're dealing yeah. with a finished metal thing. That is a solid chunk of. And so this solid aluminum. new chunk of. I guess model or part that they print out, they can actually put it into the final product. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean if there is like a copper material, which I know one of like I think uh, desktop metal is doing. Yeah. Like it will come out copper. Full not, copper. Not eighty percent copper. Uh -huh. Full copper. They're literally burning off the wax. Yeah. Well, they're debinding the wax yeah. material and then they're burning off the plastic material huh. uh, through a, you know a, a kind of two-stage process, and. If you think about like those large industrial based machines, mm -hmm. like those are a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. These, I mean, they're still a couple hundred thousand dollars for the whole entire system. Yeah. But it's not, you know, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars just for the three D printer and mm -hmm. then a giant industrial yeah. furnace. Right. Right. So, you know, it, it's a cheaper, it's a cheaper. Well, I'm gonna, I want to use the word more affordable entry point. Yeah. And it's also an easier technology to tap into. Yeah. Um, and no hazmat suits, no, like, the thing with powder is you have to worry about breathing in that, yeah. that material, yeah. which is, you know, it's super fine material that you probably can't it's see. Never, it's never coming out once yeah. it goes into your lungs. Yeah. Um, so anyways, the, these two companies, um, probably I would say at the forefront of the desktop metal segment, mm -hmm. um, both going and doing an IPO. Yeah. Both raising uh, capital and really building out uh, their, I guess, portfolio. Of, uh, of products and it's kind of mm -hmm. exciting to see where that's going to go. Yeah. Uh, I do still believe that the powder technology probably gives you a little bit of a more finer control at the end of the day. Right? If you think about it, you print something. Yeah. And this is for all of viewers out there interested about this technology. Print something of a specific size. Let's just yeah. say I'm going to print a super simple, a two inch cube. Uh -huh. When you center it and you debind it, it actually shrinks. Mm -hmm. So when you actually model it, or the software that they have, the software package they have, they have to compensate and they have to know what the shrinkage factor is. Otherwise, yeah. the model is going to be 
totally different. Would you be able to do this with this technology as well? After the first try and error, you can measure afterwards and just calculate it. Yeah, yeah, but, you, but people don't model that way. Oh. Right? So the software probably have to compensate without you knowing. Uh, so yeah, like that's true. you model a two inch cube, you're gonna go two inches on the X, yeah. two inches on the Y, yeah. two inches on the Z. Yeah. You're not gonna do 2.25 inches on the yeah. Y, and, you yeah. know? So, I mean, I'm pretty sure the technology, they figured out the, the shrinkage factor for mm -hmm. all the stuff and they're just building it into the software, but that's gonna have to be accounted for. Yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, it, you know, I think what's really interesting is there hasn't been a new technology IPO in this space for a while. Yeah. Um, like some of the larger companies out there, they've been doing their, their core business for, geez, like 25 yeah, years. Just expanding on, right? on that. And wow. this is, I think, the first time where I, we've seen a new company come out with new technology in the yeah. space that is mm -hmm. setting up as a new company versus just being acquired or merged into another yeah. company. So it's pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. Pretty exciting. Okay. I think this is the the topic that I think everyone's covering in this in this yeah. industry right now, and that is as of this last week. Yeah. Um, the technology patent for heated chambers yeah. or build ovens or whatever you want yeah. to call them expired. Uh, this yeah. was a patent that Stratus has held for the FDM technology. Yeah. And the FDM technology is also the technology that is most widely used across the board mm -hmm. by all 3D printers, I want to call it consumer 3D printers out there, yeah. the desktop market uh, segment. And if you look at the actual industry itself, mm -hmm. the industry built a lot of ways around this patent. Yeah. Like a heated bed yeah. is a way around the heated chamber patent. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a way to address a problem by not really solving the problem. Mm -hmm. um, so Whoa. brief scientific lesson, because it's very important to know this. Yeah. When plastic heats up, it expands. Yeah. Uh, anything, well, expands anything expands when and... it heats up. And when it shrinks, it contracts. Yeah. So when you're building an object in 3D, um, if the material has a lot of contraction expansion, mm -hmm. it will actually rip its own layers apart. Yeah. Um, and so, like, if you're printing with an engineering plastic like ABS, which has typically quite a lot of uh, shrinkage, shrinkage um, if you print a really tall object, like even if it's, yeah. I want to say, I don't know, what is that, 20 centimeters, 25 mm -hmm. centimeters, um, by the time you're done, the part would have been laminated in the middle at least maybe three to four times. Yeah. And that's with a heated bed. Yeah. But a heated chamber, what it does is it heats up the whole entire volume, it keeps the plastic warm, and it slowly, slowly cools, cools it down, down, and it keeps the part from just ripping itself apart. Yeah. That was what was preventing all the consumer desktop printers from entering the marketplace yeah. of really interesting thermal plastics. Mm -hmm. Things like Peak, yeah. like um, well, I want to say Peak and Alton are pretty much the same. Um, you've got PVC and all those, all those exotic. I want to exotic, but those thermoplastics with very interesting characteristics. Mm -hmm. They all need this tech. Yeah. Uh, and so I think what's going to happen is companies that are in that we that, that like upper professional market, not the real consumer stuff. Mm -hmm. That's going to stay with PLA and. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm sure consumers will be. Very happy to have this technology upgrade. I don't think it's going to trickle down to the $700 printers. 
I don't think it's going to trickle down to even the sub $2,000 printers because this technology is fundamentally mm. more expensive to make. If you just think about True. it. True. Wow. And it comes with a totally different thing that no one is talking about. When you start to work with those thermoplastics that are yeah. like peak and ultim, yeah. fumes. So you can't yeah. just have an oven. You've got to be able to handle the fumes that come out of it. Yeah. And then the second is when you start printing with those plastics, you end up having to deal with the moisture absorbency of those materials. Mm -hmm. So there's a big unfolding of yeah. questions here. But, but all the, the high-end stuff, yeah. all the high-end stuff, uh, high-end machines, well, higher-end machines, I want to mm -hmm. say like 3000 to like the $7,000 range machine, mm -hmm. most likely going to see this technology. Well, in. not at a patent expire. It gives a lot of leeway to a lot of manufacturers out there to actually upgrade or yeah. come up with a new technology um, that would satisfy the consumers, right? Yeah. Or the needs. I think there's also um, one interesting thing about the tech. You know how parts, when they print on like blue tape yeah. or like heated bed, they like stick really well. Uh, yeah, uh, stick uh, with really well. with all the bed leveling. Yeah, correct. Yes. So a heated chamber, then if you if you if you build it well, you can actually print on glass directly. Yeah. Yeah. And when the glass cools down, when the print cools down, it should just be yeah pick up. You just pick up. Pick it up because it's not gonna like that's those are the little mm -hmm. user experience things yeah. that's gonna fundamentally change that no yeah. one's gonna talk about and no one really knows mm -hmm. and I think heated beds may go away or maybe they'll get shifted mm -hmm. down into the cheaper end I mean they're already there the, yeah. the lower end um, market but like this is exciting this was this was the patent that a lot of those in the uh, 3D printing industry yeah. were waiting to expire. well this was uh, I believe I was reading it was the last part of the whole whole thing there was like three patents on the yeah. whole um heated chamber but this is finally the last last part that actually allows everyone to have creative freedom yeah that expired in last week yeah i I'm, i mean i'm pretty excited to to um like pla doesn't really need much of anything if you think about it pla for those mm -hmm. that are watching that's the material choice pretty much all 3d printing companies yeah. are using these days um and we first designed our machine for ABS, mm -hmm. but ABS warps and pops off and does all yeah. funky things. Well, you also need a vent ventilator for that too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, some would argue the smell of P ABS is 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 uh, bad, and some I've, I've talked to some people they like the smell. It's bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, um, I think there comes a lot more things to discuss when you start to introduce capacity yeah. for material uh -huh. and like these 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 machines that will come out with heated chambers yeah. later on they're going to enable anyone to use all sorts like pretty much all the material choices that the larger yeah. manufacturers are using mm -hmm. but with the, with the caveat that no one's really going to be installing like a, an HVAC system in their bedroom that Probably you know, not. filters air <laughs> right um which what these are what the larger institutional companies and, and places are actually putting in. Yeah. So, you know, toxicity is a thing, uh, and that's something that the, the the 3D printing industry, not the industrial side, but the consumer desktop side, that's what they're gonna have to figure out. Yeah. Um, because I can't imagine printing, like Alton at home, and well, walking into a room of. I don't even know what yeah. kind of fumes are, and I. 
You just, you just don't want to do that. Yeah. So filters. For anyone that makes machines that's watching this, that's, that's important. Um, can't leave that out. Um, but if you're making a machine just for PLA, it's totally fine. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. I mean, it will, it will also still help PLA. Anything will help. Yeah. Right. Anything will help. Um, so we're. I mean, from a company's perspective, we're pretty excited about the technology and what it is going to allow mm -hmm. us to do for exploring other material choices and all that other stuff. And um, who's to say we're not already kind of thinking about it? So uh, I'm going to skip that and let Andy yep. handle the next segment. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll we'll. So, uh, yeah. So other than the. Um, Patent expiring. There's also back to uh, acquisitions uh, in three print. I mean, three printing in UK. Well, actually, this place is called. This company is called Three Print UK. They also actually acquired another company called um, Additive. So essentially, they provide a three print. Three Print UK provides a service of like three printing for you, and then the Additive side actually post process it for you. So they found that post-processing is actually a very big and um, big demand from other companies that all the parts have to be processed to be beautiful, nice afterwards. This is just why they made this acquisition so that there's a whole, I guess, kind of like a ecosystem. They're going for like a vertically integrated yeah, yeah. type of business model. Yeah. yeah, and they found that it was pretty important to expand expand their business to also include the service um, in UK. And I would say, yeah, there is a lot of uh, post-processing after prints. Um, we've hit uh, at Tinkering, we tried a lot, a lot, in a lot of ways on trying to find the best way to maybe smooth something, have something glued together, how to paint something. Like we tried a lot of things and we haven't, we have found some favorite, favorite ways on mm -hmm. uh, post-processing, but um, it does take in a lot of time afterwards um, to actually uh, perfect it. I think the other thing too is making a 3D printed object look like it's injection molded counterpart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That, just the, the the sanding, the filling, yeah. the all that takes a lot of time mm -hmm. and so, labor. Yeah. So in the film industry, um, I'm not sure if all all uh, a lot of you know, in film industry, most props now, or I would say probably ninety percent of the props are actually three D printed now. Yeah. So everything that you see in movies are actually three D printed, and the person that's in charge of making these props spend like weeks on just sanding it down, gluing it together, painting and everything before it looks like what it looks like on screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can, I can see, I can see the reasoning for this. Yeah. Um, there, there isn't a lot of people out there that actually have the know-how and the expertise to, yeah. to do a lot of mm -hmm. what you just mentioned. Um, and I mean, that's the movie industry too, yeah. right? The movie, you gotta keep in mind the movie industry puts a thing in the set and they never ever get close to it short of it being on the, yeah. on screen for a couple yeah. of minutes. But when you're actually holding a physical product mm -hmm. and you're buying something from someone, yeah. like I've realized half the stuff when I, when I see people post like Kickstarters and stuff like that, mm -hmm. the second I see an object, I'm like, yeah, that's 3D printed. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Like, 
and that's because we know it so well. But yeah. some people have tried really hard to make their product out of additive and make it seem like it is injection molded, and that's yeah. actually good. It's good yeah. um, because. The closer additive technology gets to what we realize or we perceive as a finished good, mm -hmm. the more that it can be adopted into the various aspects yeah. of everything that we make. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, service bureau is an interesting business. Yeah, um, and I mean, there's many different ways to do 3D printing service bureau. You can print mm -hmm. for somebody. You can do post processing. You can do yes. design work. You can do a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, we also then I think it was recently, maybe early in the. Like a month ago, a whole bunch of stuff happened in February, like yeah. February timeframe. Um, the 3D hubs also got acquired. Yeah. Uh, for those that know 3D hubs, they are a decentralized network of, um, well, they connect people yeah. to manufacturers. Yeah. They first started, when, when we first got to know them, they first started out as a community-driven platform for people with 3D printable files to be connected yeah. to Customers a person or, that yeah, a person that can help you print it. Yeah, and most of those people are just home yeah. hobbyists with yeah, machines so inside. I would go to 3D Hubs, and uh, 3D Hubs will point me towards Eugene, who has a 3D printer, and I, and I don't have a 3D printer. I'm just looking for my thing to get mm -hmm. printed, and then it'll connect us, and then I'll let him know what uh, what settings I want, what I'm looking for, and everything, and then he will uh, print the object for me. Yeah. They've since changed their business model, though. They don't yeah. do that anymore. Yeah, but that's what they were. They started with. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so they shifted from that business model to a business model where they're doing injection molding. They're doing mm -hmm. again vertically integrated services: 3D yeah. printing, CNC, injection molding, all that. Um, mm -hmm. And they got acquired by a really large company by the name of Pearl Labs. Yeah. Uh, anyone in the prototyping and engineering space knows Pearl mm -hmm. Labs. Like they were like one of the biggest guys in yeah. the US. Mm -hmm. And again, they brought them in for vertical integration. Yep. There's a common theme here. Uh, yeah. I think the service side is seeing a consolidation mm -hmm. on service on on um, on businesses that are kind of within the same realm, yep. and they're all looking to vertically integrate. Yeah. Uh, and so instead of getting like 50 different options, I think we're, we're going to end up with a select few really good quality options, yeah. which I suppose is good for uh, everyone in the industry. I mean, companies always want the biggest Market piece share. of the pie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, as long, makes sense. I think as long as it, it continues to offer really great value. Yeah. Uh, and that means faster turnaround time, better access yeah. to services. Um, At least that's what they, they said in the article. That's what they were aiming for. Pro, yeah. Pro Labs was able, or Pro Labs is able to help you deliver for fast turnaround times. Yeah. Um, right away, and that was one of the biggest um, reason why they acquired 3D Hubs is for their whole expansion network and everything. And, right. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. I think there's one more company. Um, it's by the name of Voodoo, yeah. uh, Voodoo Manufacturing. If I remember correctly, Voodoo was a division under MakerBot. Mm -hmm. It was like their print service yeah. department, uh, or at least the people that started it. Uh -huh. I think, it, if I remember correctly, that's what, that, that was how Voodoo came about. Uh -huh. um, but they also got acquired. Um, recently. Yeah, they got acquired recently. Who did it? Uh, I think it was 3D Printing Tech. Acquired them recently. Uh, the thing is, Voodoo actually closed its door last year um, due to COVID. I mean, they did try to uh, pivot, 
uh, and they changed two of their printing farms to like printing uh, PPEs. But uh, apparently manufacturing those PPEs and just the time to actually look after all those farms was the cost, running cost was too high for them. And eventually they closed the doors. And now they're acquired by yeah. three printing tech. They, they were hitting down um, automated uh, FDM printing. Yeah. Pretty much having a wall of printers and then a robotic, mm -hmm. a robotic arm that would go yeah. and pick the beds out. Yeah. And then replace them with clean huh. beds and then press a button. Yeah. Um, I thought that was, I, I mean, the whole idea about this automated 3D printing concept makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting to see what, you know, 3D printing tech's going to do with this acquisition. Mm -hmm. well, I, time will tell, I suppose. Well, I mean, I'm guessing it's, it's, it's another strategic acquisition, right? It's, it's another vertical expansion, I'm guessing. Maybe, but, maybe. Perhaps they've got an automated thing that they figured out that they were trying yeah. to, to, to really, you know, scale, um, that they mm -hmm. can, that, you know, 3D printing tech can scale this. Yeah. So it's interesting that these things are happening in pockets, right? Yeah. Uh, like if you, if you think about it, metal desktop right. segment yeah. doing IPOs, both yeah. of the companies in that segment doing IPOs. And, and like you can argue that they're trying to compete with each other yeah. for, for, for market share and also growth potential, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and then all of a sudden you get this consolidation of market yeah. with regards to services. Mm -hmm. um, so like, it makes sense. The timing of all these things kind of makes sense. Uh, yeah. given that there's interest in the three printing space again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's not just, I, I think you looked up uh, uh, an article that talked about kind of emerging yeah. tech, emerging yeah. uh, fusions of tech, maybe that's- Fusion of tech, way. yeah. It was uh, by Mantle, the three printer manufacturer Mantle. They actually came up with a new technology, uh, it's called- True shape? Yeah, new true shape hybrid 3D. And, um, Apparently, when I was reading the article, it sounds like it's a combination of CNC machines and a 3D printer, like together. How it works is it 3D prints the shape, like a rough shape of it. And afterwards, mm. it's like a CNC and it takes away um, material from your block of material that you 3D printed roughly. And then afterwards, you have your print, I mean, your, your, your finished print. It sounds sounded like when I was reading the article, right? Kind of makes sense, but I don't know. I was just thinking, why would you? It's a new, it's a new emergence, uh, emerging, and I guess interesting technology. But then, doesn't that just defeat the purpose of a three D printer? Like three D printer, you can print all these organic shapes and everything, but with CNCs, you can't do that. And now you're combining yeah. and it seems like a whole limiting factor, which doesn't seem to be very useful. No, I opinion. think there's a different way to approach this thought here. Yeah. And I think you and I are, are in this space because we love direct 3D printing of objects, yeah. right? So getting dimensional accuracy on the actual part you're making without mm -hmm. doing much more yeah. to the part. But... Like there are certain industries that work in microns of tolerances. Uh -huh. When I say microns, like like ten microns yeah. of tolerances, uh, or even tighter, uh -huh. right? And they may not want to do organic shapes. 
They may not want to do like the bore noise with holes in them and but super what organic. We've been, what we've seen in industry is organic shapes are a lot more rigid and stronger than our traditional shapes. That's correct. But I think if you want to come at it from a different angle, CNC is very wasteful. Subtractive yeah. manufacturing is extremely wasteful when you start with yeah. a billet material, right? Like it's a chunk of aluminum okay. that they well, they're, 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 big. they're still doing it. It's just probably less material to chip off now. But that's the thing. Less material, more efficiency. But it took away the best part of a 3D printer. No, but it brought some of the benefits of 3D printing to CNC. You see that difference? See, you're thinking of the best parts of the 3D printer is where it must, like, it must be able to do these, but what they're thinking about it from the perspective of combining the best parts of additive, which is yeah. getting the shape as close as it can be, yeah. and then machining the rest away. Uh -huh. We minimize waste, we minimize time, because CNC is a lot longer. Okay, a bit of a technical glitch there. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the best part of 3D printing isn't just about being able to make all the organic shapes, and uh, you know the the direct to, to 3D printing printing, mm -hmm. but it's also the fact that it's very minimal in waste. Yeah. Like that that's a that's a that's a fact. Yes. Right. And. Contrary to that, CNC is huge waste. Yeah. And then you got to recycle that waste back yeah. into a billet. Uh -huh. And then you got to CNC the billet again. Yeah. Right? But if they can combine the good aspect of 3D printing, which is the minimal waste, mm -hmm. so that they're only just machining, I don't know, a quarter of it, yeah, whatever, that's good. And that means that the CNC industry may become more efficient. Uh -huh. I don't think this is actually a 3D printing 3D printing with CNC capability. I mean, okay, sorry, it is. It yeah. is. But it really should be positioned more as this is a CNC machine yeah. that incorporates one of the really good aspects of 3D mm -hmm. printing, which is waste management. Yeah. Because ultimately, you're right. They can't do organic shapes, not those yeah. generative designs that computers do with hollowed insides yeah. and they can't do that i mean right? why i'm arguing from that way is because it seems like with three printers the the fact that you can do that it minimizes um waste as you said yeah. um it's stronger and it's also lighter that's the that's the whole part but whole you point don't of get right? the dimensional tolerances that a cnc can achieve at least not yet mm -hmm. <laughs> Right? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. 3D printed parts, those organic shapes with those yeah. mounting holes for any of those like supercars that we're seeing yeah. with those alternative design, that's happening. Yeah. Where they 3D print the thing, super hollowed out, and then yeah. they only keep the parts that needs to be machined yeah. machinable. This isn't for that. I don't think this is for that. Well, I mean, prove me wrong. I don't know I who say. is it for, but. It's for those CNC shops mm -hmm. that want to be more efficient. Right, that wants to maybe use uh, different materials that they can weld together, which is essentially what it is. They weld it together first and then they machine everything away, which like certain materials can't yeah. do that. Yeah. And then and then you end up with this alternative way to do subtractive. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Mm. Like 
and, and, and now we don't have to start with the billet. We can start off with whatever shape we want. Yeah. And well, to a certain degree, can't can't be can't be organic shapes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we can we can change the dialogue about how we, we do things in more efficient mm-hmm. ways. In every industry looks for efficiencies, right? That makes yeah. that makes sense. Uh, but I think a lot of times it's deciphering the marketing message. Yeah. Right? Is, it, is, it, is it a 3D printing with CNC capabilities or is it a CNC with 3D printing added benefits? Mm-hmm. I think well, this is more of that. Maybe why I thought the way I thought was because Mantle itself is actually a 3D printed manufacturer, right? right? Which is why I would think, why would they take away the best best part of a 3D printer and add it into a CNC machine? So no, that, that was just my train of thought. Right. I don't think that's wrong. Mm-hmm. I actually don't. Um, and I think a lot of people that will look at it and say, well, what if I then go and print a super complex geometric mm-hmm. shape that has holes and in insides that CNC machine arm can't get to? Can can the mantle machine do that for me? Can they machine the outside and somehow go mm-hmm. on the inside? The quick answer to that, no, they no. can't. Yeah. No, they can't. And if they could, they would have built the world's most breakthrough technology yeah. around 3D printing and CNCs, right? Um, mm-hmm. But that's, uh, we, we're constrained to the physics yeah. of, like, you have to move this giant thing inside and yeah. at weird angles. You just can't, just can't do it. Yeah. So I, I, I still do think it's cool. I still yeah. do think it's like these type of innovation benefits us, when I say us, mm-hmm. larger industry. Um, and it makes manufacturing more efficient. That's what 3D printing is supposed to do, well, make manufacturing more yeah. efficient. Um, I give them props for doing that. Well, yeah, oh, I, oh, I mean, not that, well, I guess I am saying that, I don't know why they did that, but yeah, I guess it is a, a breakthrough uh, if yeah. you when you point it out that way that it's actually like more for CNC machines making it more effective um, more more efficient yeah and they probably are starting with a wire feed too mm. so instead of ordering like a giant chunk of aluminum mm-hmm. they can maybe use like a wire feed aluminum yeah and so that wire feed can be changed into any shape mm-hmm. so like I don't know I think if you ask me if we were to buy a CNC machine like, and, and you ask me, do I want that feature? Yeah, I do. Oh, interesting. Right? Like, well, I, I just haven't, haven't, uh, haven't seen any, well, in my mind, I haven't seen a use for it. Like I, since as we. Because you could do it the old way still. If you, yeah, yeah. Right? Like the old way seems to be, yes, it's more wasteful, but seems to be better. I don't know. I don't know, better is subjective, right? Yeah. And um, I, I, I'm making a couple of assumptions that the outcome of the object yeah. is just as strong as a billet material. Well, because well, if I don't it's, know. Because if it's not, yeah. then I would use a billet material where billet yeah. materials needed because <laughs> yeah. it's strength. Yeah. But if it has micro fractures inside yeah. because of the added layers, then no, I do not yeah. want that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I guess you well, did not tell them. I guess we are. Um, we're we're Give me done. A second. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> okay, I think that's good enough for this episode. Yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, twenty twenty one is looking to be a pretty exciting year for three D printing. Yeah. Um, 
some really great acquisitions, some really great IPOs or yeah. RTOs or SPAC-based mm -hmm. mergers in the U.S. And uh, some new exciting technologies potentially coming our way. Mm -hmm. um, I think what we're going to probably see later this year is a whole bunch of the desktop 3D printing companies come up with new machines because of the patents yeah. coming off. That, I think, is pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens because markets are going to shift again. Um, consumer desktop printers are going to have more capabilities of that yeah. of industrial printers. Mm -hmm. And so are we going to eat into that market share a little bit more? Well, I don't know. Well, well time will tell. <laughs> we don't have foresight to that. Yeah. So um, that's it for this episode, guys. Uh, if you like the content, uh, leave a comment in the section, be section below. below. And Press the subscribe button, also the bell button, so that you know every episode that we release. And also, it's still going to be uploaded to Anchor and Spotify. So if you don't have time to watch a video, you can just listen to us, um, listen away. to our voice. Chat away, yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll see you next time then. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.